0: You're listening to Just a Pinch Podcast with Injector Kristin. Join me and industry experts as we discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of the aesthetics, wellness, and fitness industries. Welcome back to Just a Pinch with Injector Kristen. Uh, As just a little forewarning on today's episode, you're going to have to bear with me on some of the audio. You may hear barking dogs. You may hear hammering. Um, The neighbors are doing work, what sounds like is in my own personal walls and ceiling, and the dogs are losing their shit. So, can't make it go away. We're dealing with it. You're dealing with it let's get going. So, today's episode is going to be part two of my Dermal Fillers series, and today is going to be a relatively quick episode on biostimulating fillers or biostimulators. Um, and we're going to talk about the ones that are available on the US market today, and then I'm going to give an honorable mention uh, to PRF as well. So, to get started, what is a biostimulator? So, it's a Product that has properties that, when injected over a period of time, cause the body to form collagen, thus leading to tighter, thicker skin and more natural, volumized appearance. Each of the biostimulators in the U.S. market are made of different properties, and the first one is called Sculptra. That's the brand name. Uh, it's also known as poly lactic acid. That's what it's made of, uh, and that one's available in the states as well as overseas as well, Um, and it comes in a powder form in a sterile vial that must be reconstituted with bacteriostatic water, um, and then also lidocaine for comfort prior to injecting. The neat thing with uh, manufactured biostimulators is that you can choose how dilute or how concentrated you want that product to be based on the areas you're injecting and your goals. So PLLA, that's how I'm going to be referring to Sculptra, um, was first launched in Europe in 1999. uh, but the polymer um, component of PLLA has been used since the 1960s and it was used first in suture material and other medical devices, so it's very well studied. It was first used to treat lipoatrophy in HIV and AIDS patients who suffered from facial wasting as a side effect of medication. Um, so it literally ate away the fat in their face and it made them look very sallow and hollowed um, and very sickly. So it was used um, pretty readily to help treat that. And now it's used in the face and body to strengthen and thicken the skin. And sculpture triggers the formation of type 1 collagen in the deep dermal layer of the skin. Now there are three types of collagen, main types here. Type 1 is found mostly in the skin, tendons, ligaments, bone, teeth, uh, in between your organs. And type two is predominantly located in your eyes and cartilage. And type three is also abundant in your skin, muscles, and blood vessels. So, technically, type one collagen, we would be considering it to be scar tissue. And there's a lot of circulating opinions about stimulating type one collagen with aesthetic treatments. Um, some may say that it is a bad thing and that it can technically affect your ability to get a good facelift later on in life. And others will say, pshaw, nearly every single type of collagen-stimulating treatment, including microneedling and lasers, are also going to stimulate, um, as well as a little bit of type 3 as well. Uh, They're all going to be stimulating this type 1 collagen. And as long as it's not being overdone or being done poorly, uh, loads and loads of treatment sessions there's really little risk of overcreating this scar tissue. Um, especially if surgery is never going to be an option for you, this scar tissue can be pretty beneficial in helping you sustain that tighter, firmer skin, uh, of course, within reason. Now, if we look at scars like keloids, that's the body's hyper-response to inflammation, but it's ultimately just overproduction of scar tissue or collagen type 1. Uh, Someone who keloids is not going to be a candidate for stimulation procedures or must proceed with the utmost caution. Now, PLLA is not always an easy sell uh, compared to traditional dermal fillers due to the fact that it does take longer to see your final results and you don't get that real immediate gratification Uh, and it does take more than one session to reach your ideal outcomes but don't sleep on this product. Um, typically you're gonna be doing between two to four initial treatment sessions and that's going to be spaced out roughly every six to eight weeks. Uh, while you may start to get the Sculpture glow after just a couple of weeks, the collagen formation will take up to 12 weeks to reach its max capacity. So each session builds upon itself. The sculpture Glow is what I call the, literally the glow of the skin of people who, that they see it in their skin quality after getting sculpture injections. And it's amazing and you're going to want to kiss your injector. I personally like to look at each treatment session as kind of a shiny new session. Um, You look at the anatomy with fresh eyes, some sessions I'm going to be treating nearly identically to the last and sometimes I'll add in a new area or skip an area that's already been dialed in. So, when I talk about multiple areas, it's because sculpture truly is a global treatment approach. Um, It's very rarely ever going to be treating just one area. Um, In most of my sessions, I'm treating temples, cheek, midface, the pre-auricular space in front of the ear, the jaw, the nasolabial folds, pre sulcus. I mean, you name it. Uh, One of my favorite properties of PLLA is that I can use multiple dilutions in the same session based on current skin quality, volume, status, and goals. In some areas, I don't want to like really volume per se, but I want a more gentle collagen stimulation to help just tighten the skin. So I'll use more dilute formulation, and in other areas, I want it to be a lot more volumizing. like In the temples, if I'm going deep temple, or in the cheek and mid-face, and I'm going to use a more concentrated form of the product there, or in the jaw too. That gonial angle, you want that a little bit more concentrated. Now, another property that I really appreciate about this product is that because it's not a gel, it's extremely easy and more reliable to aspirate prior to injection to help prevent intravascular injections and complications from arising. Uh, I inject Sculptra with a mix of blunt cannula and sharp needle, depending on where I'm injecting. Cannulas are my jam. I'm very comfortable with those. They're generally safer, uh, but they also can't go everywhere you need to go. So you do have to use the sharp dude to get the product on the right anatomical plane sometimes. Sorry guys. Now Sculptra can also be used off of the face um, and off label on the body in a more hyper dilute concentration. It's amazing in the arms, legs, butt, thighs, tummy, a lot of other areas, Um, but body work with Sculptra, PLLA can get really pricey uh, as you require a lot more vials of the product, and this product is expensive even just for us to purchase at wholesale cost. Uh, sometimes even more expensive than surgical intervention for you. So don't go into sculpture body treatments thinking that it's going to save you money versus surgery, but it's more for those that genuinely don't want surgery. Now, important post-care instructions when it comes to PLLA injections is massaging. Now, normally with filler injections, we tell you hands off, don't touch it. With PLLA, I need you to touch it. And, of course, with clean hands, but we use a 5-5-5 rule. So, you need to massage the treatment areas for five minutes, five times a day, for five days. This is going to help redistribute the PLLA particles aka, as I call them, grass seeds, so they don't clump up and form nodules. Um, If you're a patient of mine, you've heard me ask you to massage for a full seven-day week. Uh, This is my rule of thumb here. If you ask for 10, they'll do seven. If you ask for seven, they'll do five. If you ask for five, you're lucky if you get three. So see where I'm going with my logic? I love you all, but as a general statement, patients are not as compliant as they should be or claim to be. Love you all. Um, Anyways, moving on, so PLLA should be maintained yearly, despite that the product will technically last for two plus years, your body's still going to continue to age, so you need to keep up with that maintenance, otherwise you're going to be starting over fresh again if you wait too long. And of course, this is also very patient dependent, but typically one to two vials a year to maintain is generally the ideal formula. So next up, I'm going to chat a little bit about Radius. Radius is the brand name that we have here in the United States. It is also known as CAHA or calcium hydroxyapatate. And this is put out by the company MERS. Um, Just to back up on that, Sculptra, PLLA in the United States is put out by Galderma, same um, company that puts out Restylane. Back to Radius. This product is also a biostimulator, and it's going to trigger the body to stimulate collagen production. This product is a bit different from PLLA in that it comes as a gel in a syringe, um, different than like a an HA filler gel. This one's a little bit creamier, almost. It's, it's like a white creamy color, um, and the. Caja, that's how I'm going to be just referring to it here, particles, are suspended in a gel matrix. And that's going to give a short-term filling similarly to an HA filler. But then that gel matrix is actually going to be replaced by collagen over a period of time. Those little particles are going to kind of stick to that dermal layer of the skin and get that collagen triggered. So similarly to the PLLA, Kaha can be diluted down from its original form and used what's known as a hyperdilute formula to thin out the product and use it in thinner skinned areas such as the neck, decollete, and body. Uh, but it can also be used full strength uh, or just a one-to-one dilution to mimic more bony structures such as the cheek, the maxilla, the jawline. This product, in my opinion, is not for an unexperienced injector uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, One, It cannot be dissolved easily. Now there are some off-label protocols that are used to help break up a nodule or adverse effects uh, like flooding the area with saline or still continuing to use hyaluronidase, but it's relatively unreliable and not as well studied as hyaluronidase with an HA filler. Uh, And number two, it's a thick product when used at full strength, so it is almost impossible to aspirate with your needle or cannula to ensure that you're not inside of a vessel. So kind of paired with not easy to aspirate with, can't fix it easily, just it's a little bit higher risk. So if you're unexperienced or you're going to somebody that's unexperienced, maybe stick with your HA fillers. Now, the key to a good radius treatment is to make sure that you're going to a provider that has been appropriately trained on the use of this product and isn't just relying on their past HA filler training and using this product as if it was HA, um, because it's, it's injected differently. Its properties are different. Um, it's it is just a different product. So you're not treating this like it's Restylane or Juvederm, um, you know, or any of those fillers. Uh, A really nice attribute to this product is that you do get more immediate gratification than with PLLA. Um, It kind of gives that best of HA and biostimulator, kind of best of both worlds, where you get that instant gratification as well as collagen stimulation. Now something that needs to be taken into consideration in regards to your patient selection in the face is or I mean really anywhere, um, is that this product is radiopaque um, as it's calcium-based. So if it's placed in the chest, the neck, or really anywhere, realize that it's going to show up on x-ray and CAT scan. And so if you have this product and you do need to get some imaging studies done, you need to let your doctor know ahead of time. Otherwise, they're going to be asking you some questions. And if you have a history of thyroid problems, neck problems, I mean, for real, just avoid it in that area. There's other options. You don't have to go the route of radius. And as a general rule of thumb with any types of treatments like these, if you have a medical problem or a condition that affects a certain part of your body or a certain organ, you really got to be extraordinarily cautious when treating that area and especially with elective cosmetic treatments. Because I mean at the end of the day, yeah, we hate wrinkles, we hate volume loss, like we don't like these things about ourselves that we're trying to improve upon to age more gracefully. They are elective and Nobody has to do any of this. So when in doubt, talk to your primary care provider or your specialist for clearance and get their stamp of approval that they are comfortable with you um, you know, having procedures done, especially when they're elective. So I currently use this product in the butt and on the body, um, but I'm currently going through the process of seeking out some further training to use it in the neck and the chest. Um, at this current time, I'm not using it in the face as I love my current options for treatment. Um, but who knows, that may change. Um, know that Radius is honestly used more in the face than the other areas that like I'm using it right now. So right now, I'm kind of the exception and I'm not the rule. Um, so don't think that, oh my gosh, Kristen says that radius is not safe in the face. That's not it at all. It's just what I'm comfortable with. And I haven't been trained on it in the face. So I'm not gonna do it because I haven't had the training on it. And I'm happy with what I've got, but I do want to use it in other areas. So that's where I'm starting. But I'm sure as time goes on, I'll get trained on it in the other areas, you know, when I feel like I need to add something else to my portfolio here. and i would like to in the near future here bring some somebody on as a guest who uses radius a heck of a lot more than i do just to give you a really good overview on its use too so now similarly to plla or sculptra this product is best done in a series of treatments when you're using it in that hyperdilute form when you're using it as full strength you're kind of good to go with your, your one and done treatment as long as you're being treated appropriately and you're not being undertreated. so similar to ha filler once it's treated you're going to be good for about 18 months to two plus years now with any of these biostimulators side effects and risks i mean they're basically the same as any injectable common ones redness discomfort swelling bruising, firmness, they're all temporary and should resolve on their own with some time. Anywhere from a couple of days to a couple of weeks. Now, things like nodule formation, poor aesthetic outcomes, infection, allergic reaction, immediate or delayed immune response are all potential complications that uh, we don't consider to be normal but are risks of treatment. Now, on to my honorable mention of PRP slash PRF. So PRP stands for platelet-rich plasma, and PRF stands for platelet-rich fibrin, and you'll sometimes see PRF M, platelet-rich fibrin matrix. Um, now, this product is technically your own special brand um, as it comes directly from you, and The platelets in your blood contain a ton of growth factors, and those growth factors are gonna signal the tissue that it's being injected into to be stimulated. So this can improve things like collagen, elastin, blood vessel formation. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's used in a lot of different areas of medicine and not just aesthetics, also used in dentistry. Now, some of the most common areas that we currently utilize PRF for um, is hair restoration, to trigger more of your hair follicles to be in an active growth phase uh, under the eyes to help tighten crepey skin and thicken the skin. And it can technically be used anywhere that these other biostimulators are being used, but because it's a little bit less potent and we don't know exactly what your concentrations are because it's coming from your body at one given moment. It's not a product that's being manufactured you're likely going to need a lot more sessions to achieve your goals. And there's some things that it's genuinely just not going to be the best choice for. Like if you need to genuinely volumize your face, I mean, you're really wasting your money if you're going with just PRF for this. Now, PRF is great in those smaller areas. I adore it in the under eyes. I think it's phenomenal. Um, You know, you can even inject it into lips. Really interesting concept is if you've had like huge lips like you you've been overfilled you had these mondo mondo lips and then you finally allowed your injector to dissolve them odds are you are going to have some laxity in your lip tissue and you're going to feel like they're really deflated now i like to think of lips like that as almost being pregnant and a pregnant tummy so when you give birth your pregnant tummy now goes down and you have this kind of lax tummy skin And everybody says you got to give it time. You got to give it time for your, you know, your skin to kind of retract a little bit. And that's the same way if you're, you know, dissolving lips that were overfilled. You have to give it time. And you can't just go from dissolving your lips to like the next week or two trying to cram more filler in there because you can't stand the way they look. Like you're going to have to be putting in almost just as much filler because they're just they're going to still stay floppy. So you really do need to be a little bit patient with them, Um, but in the meantime, you can use PRF or PRP. Um, If you inject that into the lips, you're going to get a little bit more stimulation of collagen and elastin and hopefully improve the quality of your lip skin. So that way you're going to contract up a little bit better, and then we can get you filled and back on track a lot quicker. Um, So PRF or PRP can be obtained using what I call homemade kits. Where a provider will purchase individual pieces of equipment to draw your blood, centrifuge it, um, separate out the blood and obtain your PRP layer. And then if you if you are then using PRP, inject it um, or taking your PRP and then activating it with the use of like calcium chloride or calcium gluconate and then you're turning that into PRF. Um, Other people may use prefabricated manufactured kits. This streamlines the approach a little bit more. Um, Some of them will have a little bit better data to back it up, uh, but they are more expensive. Uh, I've done both and I continue to do both. When I need PRF, I'm currently using Cellfill brand kits. And when I'm using PRP, I tend to use my own system to help keep prices a little bit lower. Um, But there's a ton of options out there. There's no way to possibly hit them all. um, And you have a lot of different choices um, now when you have the choice to use PRF over PRP, take it. Um, I currently, I mean, I don't know, this is just my, uh, I don't even want to call it uneducated because I'm pretty educated on this here. Um, my opinion, I don't think there genuinely is a time where PRP is going to be the better option versus PRF. I mean, it's basically the same thing, except PRF is more concentrated um, and it will form a gel-like consistency after about 10 minutes, and it's going to be more of a sustained release, longer acting delivery of those growth factors, whereas PRP is going to contain an anticoagulant, and it's going to stay liquid um, and be absorbed much quicker into the body. And so it's also really difficult to obtain, obtain true PRP uh, in the concentration it should be. It usually involves drawing absolutely massive quantities of blood, like you're gonna feel like trash after you get that much blood taken um, just to try to obtain the correct concentration of platelets. So that's my little slam bam, thank you ma'am, intro to biostimulators. And we could dive much, much deeper, but this is really just the nuts and bolts of what you need to know as a patient and a potential consumer of these technologies and products. Um, If you have any questions, you know where to find me. Reach out, shoot me an email, podcast at gmail.com or shoot me a DM at justapinchpodcast on Instagram. Um, you can also find me on my professional Instagram page at Kristin K-R-I-S-T-I-N. Get those E's out of there. No E-N here. So thanks so much for listening and tune in next week where it's going to be the next episode regarding dermal fillers. And just a friendly reminder, if you are enjoying the podcast, please take a moment just to rate, review, subscribe, do all the things um, on your watching or listening platform. I appreciate it. It's not just to stroke my ego, but it's to make this program more visible and available to other people that are looking for that same information that you are. But thanks so much for joining me. We'll see you next week. Just a Pinch podcast was written, recorded, edited, and produced by Kristen Jem.